It's awesome for me to welcome you uh, to be a part of our experience today. It's just a joy. If this is your first time joining us, well, uh, thank you for, uh, for being a part of our experience. You're coming right in the middle. or Actually, it's the second week of our series that we have called Greater Things. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord God, I thank you for this day and Uh, You know what our hearts yearn for in this extremely difficult season. So would you just move supernaturally on both sides of the camera? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I've called this series Greater Things because I am convinced that if there was ever a time that we need to think greater, dream greater, and believe God for greater, it's absolutely now. More importantly, God wants us to think greater, to dream greater, and to believe him for greater. He wants us to ask him for greater and be prepared to receive it. Our passage for the day comes from Acts chapter 2, the first four verses. And here's what the writer says. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and rested upon each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is our second week as we start to work through the book of Acts, sometimes referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. Luke is the one who writes this book, and he is the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke. So it's a two-volume work. Now, if I had a thesis for today, uh, my thesis would be that in times of overwhelming chaotic, and difficult circumstances. God makes his Holy Spirit supernaturally present to us to confirm that he is with us and to empower us to be a part of his love and work in the world. On last week, I really started with the text as Jesus is speaking to his disciples just before he ascends. They, like we, were living through a very uh, challenging, uncertain time. The Roman Empire had them as kind of public enemies, number one. And they weren't sure what tomorrow was going to bring, much like I'm sure it is for us. We don't know today, are we, uh, we are COVID negative. Tomorrow, will, be, will we be COVID positive? Will somebody we know actually come down? Just not sure what tomorrow will bring. That was the mindset of these early Jesus followers. And Jesus said to them, and the whole book of Acts is is founded on this basic principle. Jesus says to them, listen, uh, you will receive power when, not if, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Acts 1.8, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends 
of the earth. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, and, and they will live this out through the pages of suffering and difficult and painful times. He was saying, listen, I will not leave you by yourself, and neither will I leave you powerless. I'm going to give you what you need to get through, and I'm going to work through you to demonstrate my love to the world around you. You know, this whole thing is about the Holy Spirit, right? And it's helpful to remember that the first time we hear about God's Holy Spirit is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. But here's what, here's what the writer of Genesis says. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. And thereafter we learn that in the midst of that dark, chaotic, frigid, cold place, God speaks and light comes and a brand new world explodes because even when not detected, God's spirit was hovering in the darkness. I'm reminded of uh, over 20 years ago, I was a young pastor, just assumed responsibilities at Roxbury Presbyterian Church. I guess I was about eight months in my first year, and one of my elders, Elder Betty Holt, came to me and said, Rev, I have a dear friend, and she is feeling overwhelmed, and I'm just really worried about her. I know she doesn't come to church, and she has no attachment, a connection to our community, but would you just reach out to her and give her a call as a pastor and just, just talk to her for a moment, maybe pray with her? I said, sure. Several days came and went, and then I remembered that I had made that commitment, and I looked on my desk, got the number, and called her. I'm going to give her the name Sheila just for her own personal sake. And I called Sheila, and I let the phone ring and ring. This is before mobile phones, guys. Ring and ring and ring. And then just before I got ready to hang up, she answered. And I told her who I was and that I was calling from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. And I was just calling to, I heard she was going through a tough time. And I just wanted her to know that God was with her, that God loved her, and that we were available to be supportive to her. I would find out later because she would ultimately end up coming to the church and resurrendering her life to Jesus. And she'd become an amazing member, an officer in the life of the church. But what she told me a few weeks later, she said, Reb, here's what you don't know. She said, when I woke up that morning, I just felt completely overwhelmed. In many ways, she, she described a scene in her life that really felt like Genesis 2. In a sense, she, she, in that moment, she felt like her life was formless, that it had no real purpose. She felt like it was empty of all substantive meaning. She, she felt like she was surrounded by depression and the darkness of hopelessness and, and that deep waters was wherever she stepped, there was no land. And wherever she stepped in life, she felt like she was drowning. And what she said to me was, and she felt like she had been a horrible failure as a mom. Her, her daughter was, was, was strung out in a drug situation and she couldn't help her. 
She had just given up on life. And she said, Rev, you don't know, I had gone down into the basement and I was about to commit suicide. And I had said to God just a few moments earlier, God, if you are here, I need you to do something, to show me a sign. She said, all I got back was silence. And I was about to end it. And I went down in the basement and just before I acted to take my life, I heard the phone ring. And it kept ringing and something said to me, you should go answer the phone. You can take your life anytime. Go answer the phone. He said, I went and answered the phone. And it was you. A pastor from a church that I've never been to. Reaching out to tell me that God loved me. You see, what she didn't know is that her life feeling so chaotic and so overwhelmed and she felt like she was isolated and all by herself, but she didn't know that God had been hovering in the darkness that surrounded her and that God was working on her behalf. She, she didn't know that he had prompted Betty to talk to me and that he would prompt me to call at just the right time because he had never left her. I bet I've got somebody listening to me right now. I bet you're feeling overwhelmed. I bet you're feeling lost in the chaos of this world. I I, I suspect there's somebody listening to me now that says, look, life was already messed up and broken to pieces before the pandemic showed up. It was me and and the the chaos in my family was already at at, at breaking limits before we got sheltered in place. And perhaps you're listening to me right now and you haven't mentioned it to anyone, but you've concluded your life is meaningless, that it has no purpose, it has no point, and you've been imagining Imagining, fantasizing, how is this perhaps to end your life? And I'm here to tell you that just as God, Holy Spirit, moves supernaturally to save Sheila, the fact that you're listening to me today means it's moving supernaturally to save you. And right below me on the screen, there's a phone number. I don't care where you are in the United States. If you call this number, if you're thinking about it, if you're contemplating, giving up on life, I want you to call this number because God has made a provision on the other side of that phone call to extend his love to you. And that's how this worked, guys. That's, that's why Jesus said to his disciples at the very, in, the, in the opening chapter of Acts, Guys, if you're going to make it through this difficult, uncertain time, this time of suffering and pain where there's going to be all kinds of trouble around you, death and all of this, you've got to be willing to ask for. I'm, I'm always hovering in the darkness, but, but, but I'm waiting more often than not for an invitation. So ask for something greater. Ask that I would fill your life with my spirit. And so in chapter 1, verse 14 of Acts, you, you'll find that they say that, that, they, that the believers are all joined together and that they are constantly in prayer. And, and what are they doing? They're asking Jesus, who is now ascended, they say, look, you've promised that you would send something greater. Send it. I also suspect that as they were praying, they remembered what Jesus taught them in John The Gospel of John chapter 14, John recorded it, that Jesus had said a few months earlier. He said, look, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I've done and even greater works. Watch this, because I'm going to be with the Father. Then he says this, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can be glory, can bring glory to the Father. 
Now, of course, the anything in my name is really shaped by so that the son can bring glory to the father, of course. And so I, I think they were, they were saying, Lord Jesus, we're praying in your name. Send that Holy Spirit you're talking about. I, I, I've been asked from time to time, why would we pray in the name of Jesus? Well, it's because I suspect there are people listening to me that you perhaps are listening to me and you've concluded, I don't qualify to ask Jesus to send me his Holy Spirit. You could be listening to me from a prison cell. Maybe you are a husband who in the midst of a pandemic, you guys only had a little money and you were so stressed out that you messed up the money and you, you know, you, you, your spouse doesn't want to look at you. You feel so shame and embarrassing. You would like, I, I don't qualify to ask for God to fill my life with his Holy Spirit. But here's what Jesus teaches. He says, when you ask in my name, what you're saying is, is, is Jesus, uh, 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 my life hasn't merited it. So, so I'm going to ask you to do this, not based on my character, but based on your character, Jesus. I'm going to ask that you do this, not based on what I have done or haven't done, but based on what you did on Calvary's cross as you poured out your life to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me and give me a fresh start. Jesus, I'm going to ask that you do this based on what your dream is for my life, based on yourself and what you purpose for me, would you send the Holy Spirit and feel my life supernaturally so that I'll know that I'm not alone and that I can find the power to begin to shift the patterns in my life, even right now in the midst of a pandemic? That's what I think they were. That's what they were praying. And then chapter two, you know, you turn the page and chapter two comes. And we hear that the prayer is ultimately answered. I, I like when Jesus says in Acts 1-8, when he says, uh, <laughs> you will receive power, he does not say, if the Holy Spirit comes. He says, when it comes. In other words, here's a prayer that you can pray that I'm gonna, I'm, I want you to know I'm going to answer, right? If you ask me to flood your life with my presence and my power supernaturally, uh, it's not an if, it's just a when. It's just a when. Well, the wind came on the day of Pentecost, which is 50 days past Passover on the Jewish calendar. It's 50 days from the day that Jesus was crucified because he was crucified on Passover. And, and I want to, to um, it's fascinating uh, how the, 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 these early believers experienced the coming of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It says there in, in, in chapter two, verse one, it says, first of all, they were all together in the same place. Something powerful when believers get together. And the place was a house, guys. They were in somebody's house. Just like you're watching this from a house. Wouldn't it be amazing if God's spirit would fill the house where you are? And the text says, first of all, uh, they, they knew that the Holy Spirit had come because they heard something that they had never heard before. The text says they, they heard a sound like, it, it, it wasn't a violent wind, but it, it sounded like a violent wind, not coming from the north or the south, but coming into their lives from heaven. They heard something they'd never heard before. And secondly, it says that they, they saw something they'd never seen before. 
In other words, they, it says that they saw something like, it really wasn't tongues of fire, but they said it, it, it was the best description was it was like tongues of fires separating and, 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 and resting upon each of them, by the way, men and women in that context, empowering them. And then it says they felt something they had really never felt before because, because the Spirit, when it came, and not only did it hear, not only did they see something, but it filled the whole house. And you can imagine that, that the, 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 the experience of that was dramatic and, and powerful. They felt what they'd never felt before. Okay, here's the point, guys. When you pray for God to fill your life with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can, because you're a transportation worker and you need to be able to get up and find the courage to go back tomorrow and go to work and, and really put your life on the line. When, when you ask for God to, to fill your life with the power of his Holy Spirit, you, you want to say, God, I want you to do it so dramatically that, that I know that it's done. That I've, I've sensed it through my, my, my I've ex- I, I can tell people I've experienced it. And you know what? Your experience is going to look different from my experience. And my experience is going to look different than my grandmother's experience. But there are no inferior experiences or encounters with God, Holy Spirit. This is simply tailored. And yet, I want to challenge you to lean in and say to God, when you've come and flood my life with the power that I need to push through these overwhelming circumstances, I want to know it. I want to sense it. You know, my granduncle uh, told me as I was growing up the story of his life prior to Christianity. He says that he was known for being a brawler. He would fight at the drop of a hat. Womanizer. He'd curse you out that he was a drinker, that he would drink, you know, for days on end. And then he described the story for me. He said one day a church in the local town had something they call a revival, and he doesn't even know how he ended up. But he ended up inside of that experience, and he said he went out in the woods because he was a puckwood hauler, a logger, and he went out in the woods, and he started to pray to Jesus. And, and I don't know actually whether he used this language, but the essence of what he was saying was, Jesus, not on my character, but based on your character, would you just come and flood my life and change my life? And the way my, my granduncle, I call him dad, he was my dad, the way he described it was, he said, something happened. He said he, he can't, he couldn't describe it. He said, but something fell on him. And he said, all he knows is he looked at his hands and his hands looked new and he looked at his feet and his feet looked new. And, 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 and it was the beginning of a brand new life. And I met him about 10, 15 years after that. And all I know is that the person who, 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 who was, used to be a fighter became a, a prolific preacher. And, 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 and the person who used to, who, who was a womanizer became an amazing husband and a remarkable father to me. And, 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 and and the person that had only a third grade education, I watched God elevate him to an amazing, be an amazing prophetic figure in our community, communicating the love of God in Jesus to whoever would listen, that, 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 that I saw that transformation. But whenever daddy was wondering about <laughs> where the power came from, he remembered God did it in a way that you know, he couldn't forget. 
Now, it doesn't happen that way for everybody. This woman, Sheila, that I'm talking about, her daughter was strung out on drugs. It took two years. They prayed for her every week. But after two years, the Spirit of God came into her life, and she ended up going through a 12-step program, and it took her about a year plus. But today, she's an incredible executive at one of the most powerful corporations in Boston. And if you'd ask her, she would tell you it's because God sent his power of his spirit into my life. It looked differently. But just as effective. What I'm trying to get you to do, I don't care who you are, I'm trying to get you to lean in and ask God for something greater. Ask for his spirit to fill your life. And then, of course, verse 4, the text says uh, very clearly, it says that uh, that they were all filled with the Spirit and, 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 and that they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All filled. So, first of all, when we ask for God's Holy Spirit, we should expect and receive a greater experience of God. But when we ask for God's Holy Spirit, we should expect and receive my goodness, uh, 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 and, and uh, greater accomplishments with God in the world. Now, I know that scripturally speaking, there are two groups of speaking in tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, there's the quote-unquote heavenly language. But this is really about people speaking in earthly languages. Here's the deal. They started to declare the glory of God, according to the scripture they tell us in verse 11. And the people outside, they said, wait a moment. We hear these people declaring the glory of God in our own language. And this was pretty remarkable because the Jews had gathered from all over the world, from the African continent and the Greco-Roman continent, and they had, they had showed up from the Asian continent. They were all speaking indigenous languages from where they came. And, and they said, how can this be? These guys are from Gentile. These guys are from, uh, are from Galilee. In other words, these guys are from the poor section of town. These guys, they're not, they don't have good schools where they come from. These, these guys, they don't have the financial resources to hire private tutors, and yet we hear them speaking with accuracy, not just our language, but the very dialect that defines our local community. How can this be? And, and, and the, the point here, guys, is not so much that the only evidence of your being filled with God's spirit is that you speak in another language supernaturally. The point here is, is that whatever natural gifts you have, when you allow God to add his power to your natural gifts, it, it, it you move to another level that will blow your mind. That, 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 that in a time of, of, of challenge and, and difficulty, my goodness, if you, if, you, if you have the natural gift of compassion and you allow God to add his power to that natural gift, you'll find yourself moving supernaturally throughout the life of your family. The ability to absorb and to change the atmosphere in a house even after you've been sheltered in place for more than six weeks. Your ability plus God leads to supernatural things. And it becomes the evidence to the people around you that God has done and is doing something dramatic in your life. And that thing that's happening in your life is an expression of his radical love, not just for you, but for them. 
We're for them. Tie to Jesus. You know, uh, 34 years ago, I was praying about whether or not God was calling me to preach the gospel. Spent a week praying about it at college, jumped in my car, it was around Christmas time. And I hit it and I stopped by a filling station to fill my car and was in the south in what you call a sundown town. You know, one of those towns that if you were African-American, something was going down, you should be exiting. I filled my car up and I was on my way out. A young white man started walking behind me. A lot of racial tension in that time. And I got to my car, turned around very abruptly. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to d- disturb you. He said, listen, um, first of all, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He said, well, maybe this will make sense. He says, all I know is that when you walked out the door, God spoke to me and told me to tell you that he was calling you to preach his word. He said, have you thought about it? I wish till this day that I had told him, yes, I've been praying about it for a week, but I just was like cool and just played it off. I said, well, I've kind of thought about it. I hope he hears this message so I can say thank you. In either case, I went on down to visit my dad, came back to Grambling, and on New Year's Eve night between 1985 and 86, I, at about 12 midnight, I started praying, and I dropped off to sleep, and it was this very scripture that God awakened me and, and spoke it into my spirit, Acts 1-8, after you will receive power, that after the Holy Spirit has come, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that was one of the major confirmations that God had called me to preach. It's 34 years later. And right now, as I stand here in the Bay Area, I am teaching and preaching to people all over the world. I'm talking to folk watching me in Louisiana and folk who are watching me in Texas and people who are watching me in New Jersey right now. I'm, 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 I'm. Last weekend, I spoke to a woman named Jilda who watches us every week from Brazil. I I, I spoke to a young man named Mark who watches us every week from New Jersey. It took, it was 34 years in the making, but the supernatural power of God has finally positioned me in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of us being sheltered in place to proclaim to you the remarkable and radical love of a God that says that I'm with you in the dark and I will see you through. And he's saying to you, ask to be empowered by his spirit. Don't just ask him to fix things around you, but ask him to fill you that you are part of the working of his solution in the world. Now let me end this here. I'm out of time. The last point I want to leave with you is don't judge what you don't understand. In, in, in verse 13, you know, some of the folk were saying, wow, this is awesome what we hear. But in verse 13, we hear the text says, but others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Listen, my uh, my mother-in-law tells how she went to the Mason Cathedral, which is where the Church of God in Christ meets, used to meet annually for their national convention, Pentecostal denomination. And she said on the walls there would be wheelchairs and canes and crutches. It, it got there because people who came into, into the meeting with wheelchairs and canes and crutches walked out and they left the evidence of God's power. 
Don't judge what you don't understand. God doesn't do that for everybody, but that doesn't mean that from now, now and again, he doesn't do it for somebody. When, when, I, when I think about the, 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 the power of God, I, 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 it's, it's, it's not just residing in a church context. If you had an opportunity to watch Harriet the movie, or if you had an opportunity to watch Equal Justice, you'd see two powerful examples of how the God who brought Israel out of Egypt is the same God who is working for justice and to set the prisoners free today. That is the God that says, ask me to feel your life. So that you know that you're not alone and I can empower you in this moment. We never should be surprised about that because in Luke, uh, in Luke we hear in chapter 4, here's what Jesus says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, even in a pandemic he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. That's what Mr. Stevenson was done in Equal Justice, empowered by his spirit. The recovery of sight for the blind, uh, those who, who, for whom the, the solution is obvious, but it takes the spirit of God to show you uh, uh, and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the one who says, ask me to Flood your life with my power and my presence. And I'll transform you into a light of love in the midst of a dark pandemic. Ask him. Let us pray. I encourage you to just put your hands out, if you will, just like this, if you're participating in this prayer. God, my prayer is that those who are listening would do just that. That they would conclude that they don't have enough strength, enough power, enough ingenuity, enough intellect. That they need something greater. And that they would trust that your Holy Spirit is real. That the supernatural empowerment of their lives can actually happen. If they would but ask and open their hearts to receive. Would you bless them in that moment in, to do that? In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to challenge you to take at least one next step. There's a connection card attached to this web. If you're watching on the website or if you're inside the app, there's a connection card there. For some of you who want to check, I want to follow Jesus. You should just do that. That starts right now. For others, uh, this is your opportunity. There's some other steps there you ought to think those through. But under the response to the message, I'm going to challenge you to join me in praying the prayer. I'm going to be praying this prayer myself this week. Lord Jesus, in your name, baptize me with the power of your Holy Spirit and do it in a way that I can know it. If you're going to join me in that prayer, I want you to just simply check yes to the response to the message. And uh, I can't wait to see you next week as we continue to teach and think about greater things. God bless you. Thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, I just want to share a couple of things quickly to help you to maximize this teaching time as we work through this series. First of all, I want to encourage you to keep reading three chapters uh, a week uh, in the book of Acts. And I want to show you a little something. We have an app called the NBCC app. And if you go to the open that app and simply go to the Sunday tab, 
And there's a number of things you can see us online there. But if you go down to the, there's a Bible. I just learned this myself. There's a Bible here. If you tap on it, you can choose any translation that you want. I would recommend the NIV for this series. Uh, and you, there's also notes that you can use. So download the NBCC app. It's awesome. Lastly, uh, there's a reflection question that I really hope that you take some time and think about. Uh, you ought to take out your phone and just take a picture of it right now. Uh, and it's simply, you know, have you ever experienced the empowerment of God's spirit in your life? If so, take some time in journal or write about it, make a list about it. Or if you, I'd love for you to talk to some other people about it. Just share your experiences. And, uh, and if the answer is no, then I want to challenge you to spend this week of asking for God to empower you in a way that you actually know it. See you next week. God bless.